Real-time payments is actually not anything particularly new. The very first real-time scheme started in Japan in 1973, would you believe? So almost 50 years ago. And we've seen slow progress probably through the first 40 years. And it wasn't until some of the larger economies, the UK in particular, really recognized the requirement for moving money faster and cheaper domestically than was available to corporates, businesses, and indeed consumers. We needed to see an improvement in the way that we paid each other. Previously, we had BACS, ACH, which had a three-day settlement cycle. We could pay by check, which typically was at least a five-day settlement cycle, let alone the effort of having to pay the check in. Cash was obviously there. Uh, it was slightly more immediate liquidity with cash, of course. Or we could use the CHAPS RTGS, which although had same-day settlement, was typically reserved for consumers around house payments, that kind of thing, final house settlements. So tended to be used only by corporations. So for the consumer to move money electronically was, was either slow or expensive. And real-time payments was a way to address that. It was a way to open up new ways to make payments. And the UK embraced that and went live in 2008. Since then, we've seen a steady growth in real-time markets around the world. Singapore, Thailand, uh, and then more recently, the US and Europe, Australia have embraced real-time payments. And we're now beginning to see steady growth in those markets as we move from a few payments a day as, as it starts to thousands of payments a day, millions a month, etc. And then you've almost got the hyper countries. I'll refer to them as that where we've seen not just steady growth, but exponential crazy growth, particularly places like India where just in the course of a, a couple of years, it's gone from a few million a month to in excess of a billion a month in payments. And that's with a population of 1.3 billion people and only about 100 million of them so far connected to real-time payments. The UPI service in India is the way that most consumers and corporates connect into the real-time scheme in India. But you can see there that from 100 million to 1.3 billion and more and more use cases coming out every month for consumers and corporations and merchants to use real-time payments, you can see that there's even more exponential growth possible there. And we've called that out in our real-time payments report as one of the countries where we'll see not just just a small growth, but, but actually huge growth. Now, funny enough, India doesn't feature in our list of the countries with the largest growth because they're already there. They're already there with a huge volume of payments. So we will see it increase to over 50 billion payments a year within about five years. Elsewhere, they're really starting their journey. The countries that are already live with real-time payments, there's over 20 of those now. They're now beginning to look for those digital overlay services, we call them, the overlay products. And those are the reasons to use real-time. These are the products and services, the likes of the consumer, the corporate, the merchants, the billers, governments. Those are the products and services offered to them that ends up in them needing to do a real-time credit transfer. For example, biller services, bill payment services are, are growing. The, uh, the ability for the utility companies to actually get their bills paid. We're seeing request for payment as another big driver 
we see various economies around the world looking to request for payment, potentially displacing cash, checks, and indeed credit card payments as well, particularly in the e-commerce market. So the user experience there is instead of me as a consumer pushing my money towards someone that's wanted money, I actually get a message on my phone that says the utility company wants to receive money or the store I'm interacting with on the web wants to receive money. And then I push the, I accept the request for payment and that pushes a credit transfer to them. In the report, we have highlighted not just the countries that are starting their real-time journey, they're, they're in production and now they're looking at these products and services, these overlay services to boost real-time payments. But we're also looking at countries that are in their development stage, which is the next big country that's going to see real-time growth. What do you actually need by way of infrastructure as an economy to make this work? Almost all real-time solutions around the world require some kind of central infrastructure. We've, uh, we've ACI have provided uh, that uh, alongside uh, Paynet in Malaysia. Other solution providers are out there as well. Uh, Vocalink obviously provide the UK scheme they provide singapore uh, some of thailand as well so uh, they're a big provider they have nets in in scandinavia they've they've provided some solutions so we see you know multiple solution providers out there looking to provide that central infrastructure hub if you like and then the actual participants what we might have previously referred to as banks but it's more than banks now we see banks and fintechs and corporations connecting directly to these real-time schemes which is obviously very different to rtgs in chaps uh, for example in the uk the rtgs in the uk you have to be a bank to connect whereas real time is more open to fintech community and more participants pay uk the last time i checked were we're looking for something like 300 different participants to be connected to real-time payments in the UK. We call it faster payments in the UK. So those participants all need some kind of connectivity as well. They need the ability to process the payments. They need the ability to authorize the payments. Has the customer got money themselves to actually make the payment? They obviously need a liquid position, a liquidity position with the scheme itself. They need to be able to do it securely. No one wants real-time payments. Everyone wants secure real-time payments. So there's a combination of two things, the central infrastructure itself and then the actual way for the participants to process and connect to that central infrastructure. We find ourselves in unprecedented times. Is it the case that this is going to provide a boost to take up for this kind of payment infrastructure? I think what we'll see, what we're seeing already is there's already a take-up of person-to-person electronic payments. The idea of sending someone a check in the UK, for example, is, is actually not very social of them nowadays because no one can go out to the bank to pay it in. So receiving a check in the post is not going to help. Sending a birthday gift as a check, that's not going to help either. So the way to do that is to, to make a real-time payment. So we're actively seeing people changing their behaviour to send real-time payments versus using cash or check. And once that behavior change happens, they're never going to go back. We will see a a definite trend change to real time away from cash and check. We're seeing merchants actively discouraging the use of cash in store. They want to see contactless payments. So that's obviously around cards. What we're expecting to see there 
is uh, at least in the UK, the, the requests for payment services haven't been launched yet in the UK. But we are seeing elsewhere in the world that where they have been launched is again a way of making an instant irrevocable payment to a merchant contactless only using your phone so you're not even using any of the merchant's terminal equipment at all you're only using the device that you took into the store we're seeing those active as other economies broaden out the use of requests for payment then we'll see a shift into that as well particularly in countries where there's still high interchange fees merchants wanting to use payment methods that are simply cheaper for them to process with when things return to what we may describe as normal, this is going to be something that will pick up speed. Yes, and and indeed we'll also see not just the obvious overlay services request for pay, I mentioned that, bill payment, um, but we'll see a lot more innovation coming out of the fintech community that will drive new propositions. So the, the UK, Europe, many other countries and economies around the world have been on a path for real-time payments, for open banking as well. That all comes into it. So open and instant is, is something that we've used as a, as a catchphrase in, uh, recently. We'll see those things coming together in the fintech community driving new propositions for customers. Propositions that they'll work with the banking community to actually deliver. And again, if you think about that, anyone coming up with a new proposition in the market that ends up in a payment, they're not going to end up doing a a check or a cash payment. They're going to be wanting to make the fastest, cheapest, most accessible payment type possible. And in some instances, that will still be card. I'm not going to dismiss card here at all. Some instances will see card. Other instances will see real time. But certainly real-time growth will be, will be growing, <laughs> of course, as we go through uh, the next years. And it's when we come out of the crisis, I think we'll start to see more of those propositions coming through. Now is not an easy time to lo- launch a new product and service. But come through the crisis, people will have spotted the opportunities in the market that, that we're all sitting in today. And we'll see growth coming from those. More reasons to use real-time.